On this episode of the Headed Home Podcast, we interview Patrick Lorienti, realtor extraordinaire with Colorado Home Realty. Now, Patrick is a producer. When he was new to real estate, he won the 5280 Rising Star Award and went on to earn top producer multiple times as well as DMAR Excellence Awards. He's a young guy, but he's done a lot in his career already with more to come. But the reason why we wanted to talk to him was because we knew that he was a student of the game of life, constantly challenging himself to overcome obstacles, learn new things, and become the best version of himself in all areas of life. In this episode, he shares his wisdom on building habits that shape his future yourself. He opens up about his journey into the real estate world and his relentless pursuit of personal growth. He also tells us a little bit about his sports podcast that he recently launched called The Inside Hook, which I'll be tuning into because I'm in dire need of fantasy football advice, y'all. So we hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Welcome to the Head at Home podcast, where we explore personal growth, life strategies, and interview remarkable people from real estate and mortgage professionals to small business owners. Join us, your hosts, Andrew and Jen Gallegos, as we uncover the secrets behind how top achievers smash their goals and tackle challenges in today's dynamic world. Get ready for a funny, inspiring, and enlightening experience with captivating stories and invaluable lessons learned. Well, let's start here, Patrick. You just launched a podcast. Yes, indeed. And I think that's awesome. And it's sports related, right? It is. I want to know about it. Okay. Tell, yeah. Tell us. Like all things sports or specific sports? Um, all things sports. I think we'll have we'll have kind of a, a focus on football. Fantasy football. Love it. We're big on that. And so that'll be that'll be the kind of the the main Let's just talk about Hold on. That. I've never seen you be so excited about something. Well, I follow <laughs> that stuff pretty closely. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in fantasy? I'm in fantasy. How many I leagues? And fantasy. by follow, I mean he's like, like Sundays off the table. Like every oh yeah. Sundays <laughs> off the table. Yeah. Um and, and I'm Thursday o- nights. I'm only in Saturdays. one league, but we've been running it for like I think this is the thirteenth year, maybe fourteenth oh, wow. year. I'm the commissioner. So okay, okay. is it dynasty? Full time job. Uh, no, it, okay. it's just PPR. Okay. Yeah, no, no dynasty, nothing like that. Okay, yeah, okay. New draft every year. Got it. Got yeah. it. That's cool. So I've got four leagues this year. Okay. Well, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. It just did. Three's usually my max, but uh, yeah, we we go all out. And then my co-host yeah. has been in my league for. We're probably going on six years at this point. He's usually so good. He's he's so upset because this year he's getting crushed. He's like one and four, and oh, usually yeah. he's top top three every year. So I get a I get a poke at him a little bit. Um, How are you? Like, how's your teams looking this year? My teams are really good in yeah. all four leagues. I probably got a shot to to win in yeah. three, and then the fourth is like maybe maybe. But I don't think I don't think I've got the firepower. Well, the hard part for me about multiple leagues is I was just getting, I would be like rooting for my, one guy on one on one team, and then he might be playing against your other teammate yep. on another squad. So I was like, "It's hard." I, yeah, it is. I it's like hard. One, I like the one team, but put all my eggs in that basket. Agreed. Here, here's what I like about four because with two or three, I I got that same kind of like I'm rooting for and against the same person because I have them. Right. But I'm also versing them in different leagues. Four is so much that I kind of stopped caring uh, because okay. I've got I've got good stuff happening in all my leagues in one way or another. To where it's like 
you know, I don't have as much concern. So, so as weird as it is, four kind of balances things out. Yeah. So that that's gonna be the premise of the podcast is is football. I love it. We love UFC. Um, I love NHL. Uh, we'll likely talk some NBA, some MLB. I'm not the biggest fan, but he, my co-host, is like a sports connoisseur and knows everything about everything in sports calls it useless knowledge that sounds familiar <laughs> not that hmm. for mlb too he takes yeah, it there mlb yeah, yeah i mean just everything yeah. you have a bunch of useless knowledge about football, football. And basketball yeah and basketball yeah okay yeah it's it's fun to talk about he's he's like a brother to me um one of my best friends since high school I've known him since middle school, and that's we could just jam on sports for a long time. He's the kind of guy that uh, I remember we we were at boys trip. We do an annual, you know, boys trip, and um, he's sitting on the couch. We're watching college football, and he's like, uh, he's like, name name off NFL players, and I'll tell you where they went to college. And so we're like, okay, like yeah, right. And so we just start throwing out all different names from all different eras, and he's just just (laughs) as soon as we throw out the name, he's like, this college, this college. I'm just like, how? Do you do this? It's incredible. So, um, that's crazy. It is. It's, it's, it's quite impressive. So he makes me look better because I don't have that type of knowledge, but I like talking about sports. Well, and it's not useless when you can put it on a podcast and people will listen. Yes. And especially around, especially from a fantasy football standpoint, like I get all into those leading up to the season, leading up to the drafts. So that's probably like the views are probably skyrocket, skyrocketed in June, July, August. Yeah. Do you do um <clears throat> do you make the national anthem play like when you do your draft like because Andrew makes everyone stand in our backyard Oh that was great. We would tie our fantasy draft to a bags <laughs> tournament. So oh, cool. we would okay. do the draft and then we would do yeah bags cornhole, you know, and we would do the national anthem before Oh that is hilarious. The yeah. And there's like took it pretty He has to like record me pulling like the um like the drawing order the out draft. of the hat. Yeah, yeah. Like to record it just yeah. so no one knows that I'm like cheating the system, yeah. which why I would do that. I have no idea. This is like an operation. Oh yeah. Conspiracy. It's very, um, <laughs> we have a, uh, almost five foot trophy that just sits in our basement, um, mm-hmm. every year with the winner of the, well, the winner's supposed to take it, but been... I have never in my yeah. life seen that trophy leave our house. <laughs> yeah. They just get paid and it come pre- back next year. Pretty much. Yeah. They get and their then name Andrew on the just plaque. keeps <laughs> adding the names on the pla- on the trophy, but see, yes. that's cool. Uh, yeah. It's fun. We're starting to get there. We're six years in, not 13. I think, I think that's, that's in the future for us. Yeah. Um, you know, the 40 yard dashes and stuff you see on TikTok. It's hilarious <laughs> oh for God. draft order. I've seen those yep. oh, that's guys awesome. pulling up with hamstring injuries. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, great. Really it's happens. great. Some of those guys have uh, a very unfair uh, advantage or just unfair shot at the 40s. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I dig it's it. it. It's it's fun to kind of get into it like that. We always have the guys over for a barbecue and just, you know, draft and do it on a UFC night or preseason football night. Yeah, that sounds awesome. That's fun. What's the name of the podcast? The Inside Hook. The Inside Hook. Mm, yep. Okay. Inside Hook. I want to check it out. Yeah, thanks. Well, we're chatting today because you are a real estate agent as well. And we are just, I guess we're into the fourth quarter here in 2023. It's a competitive market. It's been a challenging market for the past couple of years, really. Yep. Um, how do you stay motivated and how do you overcome challenges in a market like this one? 
Mm. Um, so I suppose we could break that into two questions, right? How do I stay motivated? Um, this is an interesting one. I think for me, and, and I, I really feel like everyone's different because there's motivation and then there's, you know, um, inspiration. And then there's just, how, how do you, how do you do it when you don't want to do it? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's for me, for me, a couple of things. Um, it could be as simple, simple as I, I do long distance running. Um, and so just on my runs, like I've never been a long distance runner. When I grew up, I'm a sprinter. I could sprint with the best of them, but long distance, I hate it. I couldn't stand it. Um, my childhood best friend, he ran, um, since he was like eight, seven years old doing triathlons, I thought he was a little nutty, but I started doing long distance running not too long ago. And so for me, every mile is like milestone. I'm like, man, I just ran a mile. I can do hard things. Right. And it's just this, this constant repetitive, oh, I'm capable. Oh, I want to quit. And I didn't. And so it's just building that identity so that when, when things come up in the real estate business, it's like, man, I'm really not feeling it or I don't want to do it. Like there's kind of that, I don't don't know if I'd say hardness, but that ability to kind of pull out of the bag of, I have evidence that I know to be true about myself that I'm, I'm able to do these hard things. And, you know, hard things could be, man, I'm really not feeling it today, but I got to do my inputs, right? I've got to make the calls. I got to do these things. And sometimes it's, you know, sometimes the motivation is let's not do any of that. And let's, let's give ourselves the time to breathe and, and the space to let's, let's maybe work on processes and not worry about, you know, making the calls and stuff. So I think that's part of it. I think the other part of it is um, just the self-awareness I have is I do really, really well when I have a target. Um, I think it's going to the sports podcast, just the competitive nature. I know myself to do really well and and be able to, um, you know, kind of cultivate that motivation, that drive, that that meaning, that ambition, and and just the ability to go forward and fast when I have a target in mind. Whether that be a number or whether it be my family or wanting to see them in an acreage house, which is our dream, so the kids can run around. Like all those things I pull from at different times. Just depends on what's going on in my experience. Um, but I'd say that's that's where the meaning and motivation and, and drive to to move forward comes from. I think what you said is really key because I think if you don't uh intentionally like create routines in your life, like long distance running, um, that show you that if you have like delayed gratification, or if you like do this thing every day, then you're going to like meet this milestone. It's difficult when life gets hard to all of a sudden start those routines. Mm -hmm. But I think if you've had those habits of like doing those things when you didn't really want to do it, then it's easier to apply that when something in your life is difficult. Yeah, agreed. And something I've been thinking about recently is like this idea that we all should make small things big things. And what I mean by that is like I looked at running like three miles a week and there's a perspective to be had that in in the running community, long distance runners, people who run like three miles is like kind of warm up for right. some people. Three yeah. miles is is a day run. For me... I started back on my running journey for the second time um, 
in April of this year. Before that, I had only maybe a four-month stint of doing long-distance running, which is huge for me. Again, I'm not a, I wasn't a runner. And so the second go-around, I started with, I'm just going to run. Actually, I started with, I'm going to run six miles this week. And I didn't run any. And then I said, I'm going to run three miles this week. And I didn't do any. I was like, okay. So I lowered my goal so that I could start building this habit. And and then the third week I said, okay, this is a non-negotiable. This isn't a matter of if it gets done. It's it's getting done mm-hmm. no matter what has to happen. And so I started with three miles, worked my way up to my first half marathon, and then, and then almost started kind of sliding back a little bit. It's like, cool, I ran my half marathon. Like, I'm a runner, I run, but like, there wasn't, again, the target, the milestone, it kind of brings it back. Um, but, but something, uh, my mentor told me, and I posted about this, this is about three weeks ago, um, and I've heard him say it before, but it didn't land on me until this day. And we were all together as a tight knit group of agents at my brokerage and, um, uh, my mentor was was leading the meeting, and he talks talks about never giving an inch back. So do something, and then never ever ever give an inch back. And he says it just like that. And I finally was like, Adam, what do you what do you mean by that? Because I've heard you say it before. But what do you mean? And so he explains it to me, and I'm like, I kind of get it, you know. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I kind of get it. But it was about 10 minutes later that he was talking to us agents and just giving giving an example of make five calls a day, five days a week and see what happens with your business. Because our business is all about inputs. And if you just focus on those inputs and have faith that they're going to, to create output, stop focusing on the output, just focus on the inputs. And he's like, just make 20 calls a day for 20 days, for a month. And then then look back and see what happens in your business. And then he was like, then never, ever, ever give an inch back. You become the person that makes five calls a day or, you know, the, the five calls a day for, for um, um, 20 days. And so never, ever not give five calls. And that's when it hit me. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, this is what you meant by that. And I've been on a personal journey for a long time. So this this kind of just connected all the dots throughout my self-development journey. And I was like, I'm a runner. I didn't just go create that habit to run a half marathon and say, oh, look at me. I did it. I I created that habit. And a byproduct of it is I did run a half marathon, but I didn't do it to run a half marathon. I did it because the, the um, older version of me the 40-year-old Pat, the 50-year-old Pat, he works out. I did it because I was creating this, this, I'm that kind of guy. I'm that kind of man who runs and exercises and does fitness. And so uh, that was like three weeks ago. And it was like, okay, I'm running three miles a week, period. Doesn't matter. Um, and so like it becomes who I am to do those types of things yeah. um, instead of just a thing I did. Right. You know, and I think in the early stages of my career, it was that it was like, I'm going to charge hard and fast to achieve this goal. And then I'd achieve the goal. And it's like, okay, well, like now what? And it's like sort of a letdown in a way. Oh man. It's a huge it's letdown. It's, it's a motivation like killer. Yeah. yeah. Your it motivation is? is, was to hit that goal. And then once you hit it, it, it goes away. Right. 
like immediately. Yeah. It's weird. But I, what I like about what you just said is your your goal is now an identity shift. Mm. And so that's not something that's going to, you know, you know, where you run a marathon, right? Like, but your identity shift is like you're becoming a runner. Yeah. And so that's not something where like that goes away. As long as you continue and you never give an, give an inch, right? Yeah. Or exactly. Whatever. Like I think that's never give really an inch cool. back to. I like that. I analogy. sort of feel like you're calling me out this week though, because I you're a beat you are beating yourself up I, so bad about I've, not working out this morning. <laughs> well no, I didn't I work out every like six days a week, but I didn't do it this morning. Okay. Yeah. I also this is me publicly acknowledging <laughs> my I also have told myself for weeks on end that I was going to start doing the cold tub again. Okay. Yep. And I am just oh man i hate it i hate it so bad and i know i have to do it i know it's really good um but i also i think i'm gonna do what you did with your running where it was like because i'm trying to do it three days a week Mm. obviously i'm not doing that right now so like i need to almost like make it smaller to start off and incrementally work up from there but yeah yeah it's such a powerful shift to be able to you know there was a story I think it's a title rep in in Denver. It might have been Gavin. Um, I think he's with Chicago now. Higashi, I believe is his last name. If it's not Gavin and you watch this, <laughs> it is I'm Kevin sorry. now. <laughs> um, but uh, it was either him or somebody else telling me how they, they just started walking to the stop sign. You know, and they, they, they just weren't yeah. getting up to go to the gym and do fitness. So they just started walking to the stop mm-hmm. sign. And that became, you know walking walking down another block and then running and it just created this habit and so yeah. yeah i mean you know it's like just 10 seconds of the cold plunge or a day in the cold plunge and then just never yeah. get that inch back to where you know it just becomes oh this is this is who i am this is what i do darren hardy said that in the compound effect those like seemingly inconse- inconsequential like little things that you do every day are the things that actually give you like the biggest results you know it's not the big yeah. like you know, big, crazy things. It's like that, like small, consistent, like no one can even tell that you're actually like doing something like bigger, you know, like it's just so small, but you're doing it every day. Absolutely. It's the brick a day, right? It's like, how do you build the the China wall that? So, so I knew it would come back. You're talking about the small thing. So, so tying the whole never give an inch back and making small things, big things. Um, I'd run three miles a week. And for me recently, I've been thinking about this. Let's, let's make those small things, big things. And what I mean by that is, um, in running a mile, that's a big deal. If I choose to see it that way. And then the story I can tell myself about myself and the things that I'm doing in the world become this grandiose, like, Oh, I'm a runner. Mm -hmm. I'm running. I might not be running, you know, 10 miles a week, 20 miles a week, but like I'm doing the thing and I'm doing it consistently. Like this is a big deal. And, and, you know, it's this thought process of, man, what if, what if we as human beings start to, to tell ourselves stories like that? Because we, we are so easy to discredit ourselves so and, and that, that diminishes our identity. And that therefore is the thing that's standing in between us doing the hard things and going through the challenges of this market because because we're constantly doing all these amazing big things and and maybe we didn't journal this mm-hmm. week but we journaled every day last week or maybe we didn't journal 7 days 
consistently this week, but we journaled four. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm the kind of person that that journals. Like mm-hmm. I journal, I do this. And and instead of that being just this this oh yeah, like I journaled this week. Oh no, like I I did this. Right. And it becomes, you know, I think about the people I look up to and a lot of them are very well um thought out individuals and what they believe and what they think and and who they are and what types of things they do. My mentor being one of them that told me never give an inch back. And that's really what tied it in for me and and landed that point is I've been looking to become the kind of man who just knows who I am. Mm-hmm. And it's so confusing when I run a 13 mile and then stop running to know who I am because it's like, am I a runner? Because, like, yeah, I ran the 13 miles, but I haven't ran in two yeah. months. And so never giving an inch back and making these small things, big things is just so uplifting to our identity to where we can really start to to become that kind of person that can do the hard things that can press our view that can that can go through the hardness of, of this market right. um, because we're constantly building evidence in our lives through the things that we're doing to say oh yeah that's right I I ran three miles I could do this you know did you ever have I can't remember if we talked about this before when we um, met did you ever read that book gap first gain I don't believe I have. It's really good. It's good what one? you were just talking about is exactly. I don't. I don't think you've read it either. Read it. Uh-uh. It's basically. Um, it's it's a a guy who has coached a ton of like CEOs and entrepreneurs. Hmm. Um, and he wrote the book with a psychologist. And basically, the book is about that, where it's like when you are a high achieving individual, it's so easy to get into the gap, like. You know that like you committed as a goal to like doing a certain thing, like running a certain amount of miles a week. And so you look at yourself and your identity and you're always down on yourself a a lot because Mm -hmm. we have such high expectations for what we want to achieve. And so it talks a lot about like you need to kind of shift that and start looking at the gain and you're looking at how far you've come and like what steps you've taken because if you're looking at what you haven't met, like you're always going to feel like you're failing mm. and that can really impact like the way that you see yourself and the work that you're doing. It's really good. Yeah. And I've never heard Same someone yeah. explain it like that because I, I mean, I know that that's a problem that I have for sure um, because it is easy when you have high expectations for yourself to like really get in that mindset of like, you know, like I missed yeah. a day when you know, mm. you know? Um, so I just thought that was, a good connection, but it's a really good book. Cool. I'll yeah. have to check it out. Yeah. So what other, I mean, you know, besides kind of the stuff that we talked about, what other characteristics or qualities you feel like have been really important for, um, you know, real estate agents or lenders to have in a tough market? What are those things that have made some folks more resilient or more successful in kind of managing a difficult market? Hmm. Yeah. Like, like, what are they doing that others aren't, or what are the qualities in who they are and how they show up that yeah. is allowing them to maybe have a success when other agents are struggling? Yeah, and not even success Lenders. necessarily with like, um, you know, sales. I I think mainly more like walking through a market and not having a complete. Mental breakdown. Yeah. Like what are the, I mean, 
do you just have things that kind of pop in your mind of um that you see in the people around you or seeing yourself that have been important for them to have yeah um one one thing that sticks out to me is in our brokerage we have what's called strategy groups five to ten agents that get together once a week twice a week once a month um i lead my group we get together once a month and we have this this group chat that we talk talk in throughout the months and um i messaged them maybe maybe a week or two back and i was like man i i went down the rabbit hole today guys like you know <laughs> rates um all the things going on it's very easy to slip in that mindset of how are people going to afford homes and then all of a sudden you know it goes to like uh oh what does that mean for me and my business and my people and am i going to have to get a job and it's very it can yeah. happen very quick and um I would say there's a good part of 2022 that I spent in that space. Um, so I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Uh, so that helped. But but what I told the group is um, I was thinking about this and went down the rabbit hole and started freaking out. And then I reminded myself, it doesn't actually matter. What matters is what our what our inputs are what are what are we doing to combat the oh this market is maybe a little bit harder because the reality is and and what i've seen in other successful agents is people are going to buy and sell homes and so we have the choice of are we going to show up and and still serve and and have a positive mindset and help people think and, and navigate their their thought process in this hard market um, and be kind of that light in the darkness? Or are we going to kind of shrink, which is so easy to do? And I've done it before when we go into that rabbit hole of, gosh, like, how are people going to afford homes? Like, like I see my, my clientele, they wanted to sell and buy and they're not. And like, yeah, I'm pulling out my hair. No inventory. Yeah, taxes and just went up. You know, taxes there's just so up. many things that you could focus on from that negative lens, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's easy to just let it pile on you. Yeah, and mm -hmm. soon you're you're acting from that state of kind of like this desperation, and nothing positive gets done from there. So I think it's just the the choice to have a mindset that says things are going to happen. And I'm going to focus on what I can control. And what I can control is, here's what's happening. How can I show up in my people's world to help them navigate through it, to help them think about it, to help help shed shed light on the truth of, hey, guys, like, this is what's happening. This is what you're seeing in the headlines. Here's what it actually means. Here's how, here's how you can kind of navigate through that. Like, are you struggling with debt? Like, okay, here's some of the creative ways, even in this market. We can help you with that. So yeah. it's just a, a matter of always finding those things that you can help serve your people with. And, um, I, and I think focusing on what you can control is a big one. All right. So I do want to take a little bit of a step back and I want you to share how you entered into the real estate industry. Mm -hmm. How'd you get in? Yeah. How did I get in? Um, I was young when I started. So I was... Coming out of high school, I worked at a warehouse for maybe four months, and I, I had people in my world that knocked doors for Comcast at a young age coming out of high school, and I saw 
how much money they were making. I was 17 years old, graduated. And I was like, I want to do that. Um, it was sales. It was kind of, you know, entrepreneurship ish. Um, and I always told myself, if I'm not going to college, I'm starting a business or working my way up to be a CEO one day. So I was like, this is a great ground level. I'm going to start at Comcast. I can work my way up, have that kind of potential. And so, um, when did we graduate? So May, so I was 17. Um, you had to be 18 to start. So I think I applied like August ish. I haven't even turned 18 yet. Cause I turned 18 in September. Um, was was kind of freaking out because it took about a month and a half for them to to go through the application process and interview process. You know, the whole, hey, sell me this pen. I had to do that. Um, was probably okay, so bad so at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was oh, definitely... You wish you had that on video. Oh, no, <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> that would be a fun one to rewatch. Yeah. Uh, I kind of cringe at just the thought of it. Um, <laughs> but I was getting into sales. And so, you know, I was the youngest guy in the room once I finally actually got hired on because um, I got the call. They're like, you're good. We're hiring you. Um, I don't know how I got in because I probably failed selling the pin. Um, <laughs> but that's that's where I started after high school. Went through for about a year and and just was beat up. Um, and you were going door to door? Door to door, Comcast. Good for you. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Andrew didn't even Andrew I mean, had like a, a day. Andrew had a door to door knife selling job. Oh yeah, Cutco. Yeah, yeah. Cut, called me Cutco? like half. Yeah. Called me at like his lunch break at a McDonald's. Yeah, I was like, come pick me up. <laughs> I didn't know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> like I went for the orientation, and then I went out on a, a trip with another sales guy, and I was following him around, and I was like, there's no way I can do this. <laughs> I'll cut someone. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> someone's yeah. gonna cut me. Right. I mean, right. we'd show up and just get. Well, you know, if you did it for a full year, like, yeah. you just get shunned. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a brutal game, door knocking. Yeah. People yeah. don't want to be bothered, you yeah, know. Don't want you there. Um, in in a sales organization, one, the culture of the guy is there, and you had to go in the office, do the sales meeting, and then go out and knock doors. Most of them were just grumpy, you know, 40, 50 year olds knocking doors. And there was like the two guys who had figured out the game. Now looking back, I'm like, okay, you guys weren't doing this well just by door knocking. You, you had some other things going on. But the culture wasn't great. Um, so most most of the days, yeah, it was brutal knocking doors. It's like yeah. you had to like really muster up that. Like, I want to go do this. And then if, if I wasn't really like energ energized and in flow, it was a bad day. But if I was like solid and steady and just my own state of being, it always was a good day. Even the, the, you know, no, get off my porch kind of thing. Um, but in the sales organization, it was so salesy and I didn't love that. Um, and so after a while I, I knew I love sales, just the relationship aspect of being able to go in and consult and help people. Um, um, so I knew I wanted to do something in that realm. I wanted to make more of an impact. Uh, versus saving people 50 bucks on cable. Um, didn't really feel fulfilling. And then lastly, I wanted more upside. I wanted to, you know, I'm going out and doing this thing. I want want there to be um, more upside uh, from a monetary perspective. And so uh, real estate, I was always the kid that wanted to go to my friend's houses, you know, because <laughs> I just loved being at new houses. And so 
um, on some level, it always kind of called my name. But once I knew those three things were important to me, um, we had somewhat of a family friend in the business. I went and talked to him. Um, and it was after that first meeting, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done with Comcast. We're going into real estate. 19 years old, um, went through classes, got my license, you know, couldn't even buy my clients a bottle of wine. Felt a little weird. 19, 19 yeah. years old. Yeah. Going on 20. Um, asking people to trust me to sell their house. And so that's when I got into the business. That's kind of what brought me here. And we're nine years in last month, last month or August. So yeah, what's, that's the story. What's your proudest accomplishment to date in real estate? Like what's something that you just feel really, really proud of? Um, in real estate in specific. Yeah. Um, aside from, you know, the the dad answer yeah i knew you were gonna say that's why that's why yeah. I, you gotta you gotta I, leave I, that one have to. <laughs> um proudest accomplishment um a couple of things to mind one just staying in it with the help of of my amazing wife mm-hmm. um i was eight months in hadn't sold a house I said screw this network marketing was big um i was like i don't even like real estate i'm doing this I'm going into the next thing. And she's like, you haven't even sold a house. I'm like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> she's like, so do that. But only after you sell a house. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to sell the house, prove to you that I don't like this and go do the thing I want to do. And of course I sold two houses. It was a buy and sell, um, in two days. And I was like, okay, this is, this is cool. I'm doing this. So I'd say first is just sticking with it. Um, when everything in me wanted to quit, um, I would say, you know, second thing that comes up was my record year of, I I believe I sold a little over 21 million in volume. I was huge. Um, uh, I always had dreamed of selling 40 homes. Um, that was a goal that I had set two years previously to me actually doing it. Um, so, you know, again, just sticking with it and, and seeing the fruits of my labor, um, but I would say over over those two things, um, well, I think one of the proudest accomplishments is just the return business for my past clients because it's such yeah. an affirmation of one of my my main values in my business is customer experience and service. Like I'm here to be a consultant, not a salesperson. I'm here to really actually do what's in my client's, client's best interests. Yeah. Even if a lot of times from a monetary perspective, it's not in my best interest, right. I'm always here sitting sitting alongside my clients saying, what is the best for you? Let's do that. Um, and so it's just, it's just an affirmation with clients coming back to me that's like, oh, I, I did my job and I did it so good that they wanted to come back to me for a second time. So I'd, I'd say that's one of the biggest accomplishments. What would be your biggest accomplishment in your life besides your kids? Um, hmm. Besides my kids, family, um, you know, the recent one, of course, the, the half marathon, that's huge, 13 miles. You yeah. know, before I ran that, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. You can run, you know, I've talked to people who ran marathons before. I'm like, did you run the whole thing? Yeah. It's always my first question. Yeah. Did you actually right. run? Yeah. Like, run physically run the whole thing and so even 13 miles to me even though i was running i was like this is wild how how does this work 
And did you run um, the whole thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Good for you. I did run the whole thing. I had a couple of bathroom breaks, but, like, I, I actually ran the whole thing. There was yeah. no, like, I'm tired, I need to walk. Like, yeah. I'm struggling. Um, I hit a wall about a mile 10, 11. Mm-hmm. Always um, the mile. That's, like, when I, I've ran a couple, and that's when oh, cool. I hit a wall, too. Yeah, You're 10, just like, what 11. am I doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, knee hurt, foot hurt, and, uh, you know, you get, you get in a high after mm-hmm. certain miles and then you're just in flow and then you hit the wall and it's like, you're over oh, the, shit. like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I'd say that's a big accomplishment, but overall, I think biggest accomplishment would just be, just be the overall, you know, having bought a house at 21, having investment property, um, a family an amazing wife, kids, um, just all that combined, yeah. you know, I could look back and say, wow, like I've, I've, essentially done everything i've said i wanted to do and there's still so much more which is so beautiful but um overall i would say that and if if we can kind of simplify it i i always say it's not the act of being perfect that that we want to chase it's it's the act of seeking to be perfect that we want to chase because if we wake up every day and say hey maybe i didn't journal yesterday i'm gonna journal today yeah you know and it's like Ever since I can remember, that's what I've been really good at is every single day I just work on myself, you know, whether it's thinking about a conversation that I'd like to have a little differently or or how can we change some language here um, to the big things like how do I want to show up as a dad? And so that that I can say I've done consistently over the years, um, which is an accomplishment. Yeah. Where does that mindset come from? I haven't been asked that question and I have no clue. Yeah. Um, like parenting. I mean, just with having you being a dad and us parenting our kids, you know, being able to raise someone that has that mindset of, I want to work on myself a little bit every day. And when mm-hmm. I fall down, I want to get back up and, you know, kind of building habits and resilience and just trying to be a little bit better. Was it a parenting thing? Like, did your parents talk a lot about that when you were a kid? Yeah, this it's such yeah. a such a great question thanks for giving me my next two years of uh, <laughs> right i know journey to figure yeah. out um no, no but i, I just love because the some question. people have it and some people don't and we and always I, are trying to think of from a parent like you said like we want our kids to you know know how to do that because it's so important to us and um you know i know a lot of it obviously is us modeling it for our kids but yeah yeah, yeah it is interesting like well, that's what life is. I mean, it's just like a series of just, you know, you the highs and lows and how you handle those, mm. I think depends on, yeah, just the kind of mindset that you have, you know. I, everything depends on the mindset. Yeah. So, yeah Ag- agreed. Maybe. Agreed. I, I think it's a fantastic question. I mean, some of the, some of the things I think about, like my parents weren't, weren't entrepreneurial. My dad was a firefighter. Um, ended up being being chief at the end of his career. My mom had always been in real estate, title, um, lending, growing up. So there there wasn't. I don't. It, it's interesting because the things I could maybe pinpoint to what shaped my mindset. Um, you know, my parents had gotten divorced, so my mom was a single mom, and she she to survive two thousand eight. She was in title, got laid off. Um, just what an extraordinary feat to have raised three kids, 
kept the house and pretty much worked 12 to 14 hours a day. I mean, I would imagine some of what I've become in my mindset is, is shaped from that. Seeing her and being like, it's a legit amount of grit right there. Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. so there is that grit that I got from it, but there's also like, screw that. Like, I don't want to do, I don't want to have to do that. Um, for my family, for my kids, yeah. and even for my mom, I want to. I want to yeah. show her, hey, thank you for all this. Look at what we've been able to create through the things yeah. you taught us. So I think m- maybe some of it comes from seeing what I don't want. Um, um, some of it comes from I just always have this mindset. It's like I don't. From that, walking home and getting into the house and realizing we don't have electricity because the bill didn't get paid. Um, and being like, oh, okay. Well, as a kid, I was like, I can't watch TV. Oh, this sucks. <laughs> well, I'll just go play my computer. And so I go downstairs and, you know, it was at the time with the big box computers. It's like, oh, shit, I can't play my computer either. What am I going to do? <laughs> right. And it's just like being in that place, you know, not having hot water for a week. And don't get me wrong. Like we lived a really good life, middle class for the most part. We didn't like, we always had food in the fridge, but there were certain things like that that shaped like. I, I don't want to have that as a reality. And, you know, my, my dad grew up saying money doesn't grow on trees. So it's like, but I don't, maybe it does grow on trees, dad, you know? So it was like, I always have this mindset of, um, life shouldn't have a price tag. Like if we want to do something and experience something and live a certain way, like we should be able to do that. And it's within us to control that. And then, so those are some things that come up for me. Uh, but man, I, I don't know where the bug comes from because it is something that just doesn't turn off every single day. When I wake up to go to sleep, I'm always just in my head, observing, being aware of, thinking about, you know, did I do the things that my my future self would thank me for or be doing or, you know, so it's just, it's always there. And I feel like you can't, unlearn that so like once you start doing that and i think that's like why i sometimes feel like obsessive about it you can't unlearn it and so like if you get in the space where you're always trying to like reflect and become a little bit better every day and it you can't turn it off like it's there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you try and ignore it and numb it out yeah i do think you know that's possible yeah. But yeah, once you get exposed to some of those ideas, and maybe that comes from the exposure that you get if, from being in sales at such a young age too, that might be part of it. I mean, could be. Yeah. Constant learning. I mean, certainly. You know. Yeah, I've naturally just been a very, very curious person. It's, it's. Have you guys ever heard of human design? Did we talk about this? Um, I don't when know. We if met? We did. I, I feel like remember. I've heard. Tell us about it. So, human design. It's, it's just another one of those personality type. Um, it's an app. Oh, I remember. You um, yeah. like Enneagram, the Disc. Yeah. There's uh-huh. Human Design, and uh, okay. there's just different aspects of us that come out in that personality test. What's your energy type? What's your manifestation type? All those different things. And one is personality type, and I think she goes from one to six. One is a certain type of personality. Two is a certain type of personality. And there's a personality we have. Um, in the external world and in the internal world. And um, one of mine is um, the liberator, I think. And that's number five. Mm-hmm. And then 
I'm I'm a five one, so I can't remember if the fives externally or internally, but the one is um I don't remember the terminology, but I'm a life learner. Like yeah. um and it says within the description, it's like you are so naturally curious that you may ask so many questions and be curious about other people that it may come off as rude <laughs> because or inauthentic or disingenuine because for them to have that type of energy and to ask those questions and want to learn would be so much so that they you know I could come <laughs> off across wrong to people so um I think that shows up within myself of being that curious about and and just a life learner about I just want to I just want to know everything about everything mm-hmm. and just my natural appreciation of excellence mm-hmm. yeah. in the sports wor- world it's easy to to see you know the LeBrons and the Tom Brady's like I just it's like uh it's like tasting a really 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 amazing meal and that bite and it's just like oh my god I love this food that's how watching and experience excellence is for me it's like oh my God, that is so amazing. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that curiosity and just being a life learner is like, I want to be that good at what I do as a dad, as a realtor, as um, the person having a conversation about pricing a home. Mm-hmm. And it's just that natural curiosity, I think, is also a part of that bug, you know? Yeah. Does it frustrate you with all the UFO talks that have been coming out to like not know what exactly is going on? I find myself a little frustrated. I'm like, I just want to know. Andrew's life mission is to like figure out the world. I swear he's like going to, (laughs) he just wants to know everything. (laughs) Let's get a van and a backpack and travel. Right. He just wants to know what this is all about. Yeah. I don't know. Like, are you the type of you here? Like, okay, there might be aliens. Like, do you go down that rabbit hole to try and figure out like what exactly is going on? Or is that just too maybe conspiracy theory type stuff for you? Yeah. Um, I, I would say, Yes, I do. I do go down the rabbit holes. Um less less than I did in the past. Yeah. And I think it was because I just I went down so many rabbit holes and the conspiracies and all that stuff. Um like high school age and and a little after high school that like I drove myself crazy to where I was like, "All right. <laughs> this is exhausting. I can't because I just don't know where yeah. uh, there's there's this missing piece of truth that I likely won't be able to find. So I'm like, okay, I'm moving on. Um, So certain things I I just, I am curious about, but I've almost like made it up in my mind as like, I believe in aliens. They're hiding something from us. It's going to come out. It's crazy that it hasn't yet. Like I'm just waiting for them to park the ship on the airway (laughs) and like finally say, Hey, we're here. Um, but, but like, so Joe Rogan's podcast, love them about yeah. UFOs. Yeah. So in that way, I'm curious and yeah. I love just like, just absorbing that knowledge. Yeah. Um, but, but a lot of the conspiracy stuff, because, because I went down those paths and not being able to like find that truth, I, I, you can stay away from some of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah for sure. All right. Uh, okay. So our, our last surprise question is if you could write a book about anything mm. and whatever you want it to be about, what, what would you, what would it be about? 
Hmm. What would it be about? Hmm. I'd love to crack the code at some point of being a dad. Um, you know, how how to show up when your kids are doing X or Y or Z or there's they're throwing a fit and but I'm still figuring that out myself. So I could see that in the future. Um, but I think that's secondary to likely if I were to write a I could see myself doing two things. One, um there's a there's a part of me that wants to be an actor, like a movie director. Um yeah, it's funny, I was talking to my wife recently about it and, and I told her I was like if I were to start over, I would do X, Y, Z. And she's like, I'm surprised you didn't say actor and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I still kind of see that in my future. So, you know, and we kind of laughed and do she's it. like, oh my goodness. Um, so I could see myself writing, you know, creating a story and writing that into a book. Um, but, but likely I would write a self-development book. Um, just about, you know, here's me trying to figure out this whole game of life and how to, how to, like feel good about myself and and be in flow and just be do and have all the things that I want to have and in learning all the things I've learned like here's the formula that I found to work for myself and I'd likely write a book on that um if I were to write a book I want you to pursue your acting career as well that would be awesome yeah we'll sit front row thank you that would be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, hey, the kids, the kids are growing up. My yeah. daughter wants to be in acting class. So there you go. we'll see where it uh, it lands. Maybe the sports podcasting can turn into, Maybe. you know, Never some, know. some things. We'll see. Well, man, this has been great. I mean, we could talk to you. I can't believe it's been an hour already. We could talk to you for much longer. Hours. Maybe we'll have to do another episode <laughs> sometime in the future. Yeah. You've got uh, a lot of great ideas. I love your mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I do follow you on social media as well. I advise our listeners to do the same. You have thought-provoking mm-hmm. posts. They come... Uh, very authentic and uh, I would say refreshing as well. Yep. So I want to just commend you on that and let the listeners know to check you out. Where can they find you? Um, Instagram. I want to say I might have just changed my tag, but it's Patrick Lorienti um, or Patrick Lorienti Realtor or something like that. If you type it in, it'll probably show up. And then Facebook. Um, I'm on YouTube. Don't do a whole lot there. I would say Instagram and Facebook are my main go-tos. Right awesome. Yeah. Thanks for hanging with us. Of course. Thank you guys. This was fun. 